0: Wednesday, June 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, it was a a burner at the uh, the old ballpark last night. Uh, James Karinchak on in the ninth inning with a a three-run lead. He gives up two. He loads the bases, but he gets Jose Abreu to ground out with the bases loaded, preserving a 6-5 win. And, and the Indians have taken two out of three against the White Sox in this series.
1: Yeah, just a big win, Joe, and uh, Karinchek, as he usually does, made things interesting. I mean, uh, he gives up two runs, four singles, and then has to get the AL MVP, the reigning MVP, you know, to ground out the shortstop to get the win and the save. So you know, nothing is easy in this game, it doesn't seem like. He had to face eight guys, and uh, he was not fooling anybody. And, you know, it goes back to a uh, game one of what? Monday's doubleheader when they beat him in, in the uh, eighth inning, which was really an, an extra inning in those seven inning uh, doubleheaders. They, like, you know, and, and I thought it was good that, uh, you know, Adam Eaton hit the big two-run homer off on Monday. They pitched hit Eaton last night. He strikes him out for the second out. And you think, okay, he's home free. And then, uh, you know, Tim Anderson and, and Madrigal, Hit go, you know, gets consecutive singles uh, to make it six, five. And then he walks uh, Mancata to load the bases and up comes the braille.
0: Right. And I, I guess in that moment, you're, you're looking for sort of who is James Karen going to become, or who is he going to, is this an indication of, you know, what James Karen can be in that moment. That's the ultimate pressure situation. There's no room, there's no margin for error. And he, he made his pitch and he got out of it, and 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 we'll get into the controversy uh, a, a little bit later about you know what else was going on at the time, but you know just on its face, what happened there, the Indians had to be encouraged by that, especially like you said, coming back off of the the blown save in the uh, the opportunity, um, or not blown save, but the, just the missed opportunity in the the first game on uh,
1: Monday's doubleheader. Yeah, and I thought uh, Austin Hedges, the catcher, you know really put it, you know, put it into proper uh, perspective. He said, you know, Karen check was punching out the world and, you know, in the first, his first 20 appearances, you know, obviously teams like Chicago have seen him a bunch have made some adjustments, are, are making more contact against him. And now he's got, he has to learn how to, uh, you know get people out while putting the ball in play by pitching to contact, he's not gonna, you know every, every safe situation isn't going to be three up or three down or three up and, uh, you know, three, uh, you know, three strikeouts wrapped around two walks, you know, you're, you're going to get hit. There's going to be some damage and, you know, you've got to, you know, kind of roll with the punches and, and learn how, you know, bend, but they'll break.
0: All right. Well, the Indians, uh, not going to play today, uh, as you probably could have assumed by the fact that we're doing a podcast instead of covering a game that was scheduled for one o'clock today, uh, Weather gets them again—the fourth time this year—the Indians have had a uh, a home game at Progressive Field postponed uh, by weather. I think this time it's a little more legitimate. I think there's a, a little a little bit of rain in the uh, the air right now, uh, uh, and if it's not there, it's already it's coming. Uh, this the schedule sort of gets all tossed up in the air. I, I think the 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 decision to call the game probably the the best one here today, just because of you know the way things have been you know, coming off of two double headers back to back. This team needs to just hit the reset button at some point.
1: Yeah, I think it was probably the right call. Uh, you know, Saturday's call still is still lingering in the air, you know, to, uh, you know, postpone that game. But, you know, like we, we talked about before or yesterday, you know, playing those doubleheaders back to back. They really, that Sunday doubleheader really benefited them, I I think, against uh, the Blue Jays, you know, cut down the innings pitched and uh, gave, you know, and they ended up splitting it. So, um, and this one is, I think it's going to be replayed the next, when Chicago comes back. Yeah, not until the end
0: of the season. It actually sets up uh, a pretty interesting, uh, a five-game series the next time Chicago's in town, uh, Thursday through Sunday in uh, late September. Uh, if if things stay the way they are right now in terms of the standings, that could be a huge uh, series for uh, really determining what the the AL Central Championship looks like.
1: Yeah, definitely. And these teams have really played each other so tight, Joe. I think the Indians are leading what, like uh, six to five, maybe or five Something to four. Like they've, yeah, they've got a one one game lead in the series, and uh, it's, that that could be that could be great baseball. You know, that's. Yeah. Why you know you play those division t- division games going down the stretch just in case uh, things things remain tight and and uh, we'll see. But well, right now the difference is what two and a half games. Uh, the White Sox have a have a two and a half game lead in the Central. So uh, we'll see what happens. But you know these two teams are like dead even right now, and it's yeah, really this, fun to watch them play. They're so back and forth that this was last
0: night was the first time. Uh, either one of the teams have won consecutive games all season uh, against each other. I think, uh, you know, with the, the second game of the doubleheader yesterday or the other day and then last night's win for the Indians, uh, Shane Bieber last night uh, was uh, again, Shane Bieber, his, his dominance of the White Sox continues. I think he's made 11 starts in his career against the White Sox three this year alone. It was the third time he's faced him. Uh, and, and his, his numbers uh, against the, against Chicago were just as good as anybody's and that's that's a no joke lineup that he faced last night and and really except for one pitch one fastball that he threw to Billy Hamilton uh he was he was excellent uh, I don't think Billy Hamilton saw fastball in the zone uh after that uh that pitch that he hit for the the double that he eventually came around and scored on uh, on that play but uh just the way that Bieber handled himself against that Chicago lineup, seeing him for the third time, uh, I thought was, was as good as anybody's performance so far this, uh, that, that we've seen.
1: Yeah, definitely Joe, you know, he started out a little shaky. I thought, you know, uh, especially in that second inning, he needed some help to get, I mean, when, you know, obviously, uh, Hamilton, you know, uh, I don't know where that was. Was that a little league home run, or was that just? It wasn't a little league home
0: run. It was, you know, uh, it was a double and a couple of errors. But again, yeah. you can't let that. Austin Hedges said, "If that ball skips away more than a foot away from you, you've got a kid, uh, a guy, Billy Hamilton on third base who basically teleports to the plate." He says, that "Yeah, he's, he's the fastest man
1: on uh, on earth." Yeah, and uh, so you know, Bieber is like three and zero against against the White Sox this year. Three starts, three wins. And I think he's five and two in his career against them. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a good job against, uh, you know, a division rival. Um, and then I thought, you know, after the, the second inning, Joe, I thought he kind of kicked in. He got a couple big double plays there, you know, around the horn double plays. Or, well, yeah, it was started by Jose Ramirez, started both double plays. And uh, then he kind of cruised, uh, you know, until, right through, until they took him out in the seventh, after the seventh.
0: Yeah, and he, he used his slider, and that was uh, a, a pitch that had sort of left him for a little while there. Uh, it was definitely back last night. He was getting swing and miss on the slide. I think he got nine swings and misses on the slider. Uh, the the curveball, and, and that's the thing. When he can use both the slider and the curveball, it's impossible for a hitter to, to pick up the spin and to, to, to hang in there against either or. And then it allows him to just dot fastballs all over the place as well. So uh, this, the slider being back was a, a big plus for Bieber and, and just his ability to, to get deep into that game, seven innings against uh, that White Sox team that, you know, you're going through that, uh, that lineup at least three
1: times and, and, and boy, he looked really good doing it. Yeah, that's a great point about the slider and the curveball, you know, last year, what he only had the curveball, and people, you know, at the end of or throughout the middle of the season, started laying off that curveball in the dirt and had to make him come into zone. Now, with the with both breaking pitches, you know, they, they can't do that. So, uh, that, that's a big, big uh, advantage for Bieber if he can keep both those pitches sharp. All right.
0: Uh, Jose Ramirez left the game in the seventh after his at bat in the seventh inning. Uh, dehydration was the, the reason given, it was precautionary. He would have been in the lineup uh, on Wednesday if they had played, but uh, he would have been as the DH. He would have been off his feet. So uh, any any cause for concern about Jose there?
1: You know, I don't know, Joe. I mean, uh, I guess there is. Obviously, they wouldn't have taken him out of the game. He's their best hitter if, if there wasn't a uh, concern. But I think it's encouraging that he was back in the lineup today. Uh, you know, those guys, I don't know if, if they, you know, started, when whenever that happens, there's a slightest sign of dehydration. They usually, you know, start feeding them intravenously, you know, and, you know, they, they get that fluid into them and make sure they're okay. Um, so, uh, and, but, you know, there is, I guess, you know, some concern about his errors. You know, I don't know if that's what, what has caused this, mm-hmm. you know, because there's some, you know, he makes great plays. He has a great arm, but then sometimes it, there's just a play where, it looks like, uh, you know, everything isn't working, you know, at a hundred percent capacity. So, you know, I, am not sure if that's it, but he certainly has hit well, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's had, he's kind of like tapered off a little offensively, but he still gets big, big hits. They don't split those two double headers without his, you know, his uh, game winning sacrifice flying his uh, two run homer uh, in the second game um, uh, Monday against the White Sox. So uh He's still the focal point of that offense and they, they, they got to keep him healthy and, right. and hydrated.
0: <laughs> right. And hydrated. Well, you get enough uh, water coolers dumped on you at the end of the games. It's There's plenty of hydration there. I wonder, you bring up a point about the, the, the defense. I wonder if it's by osmosis because for so many years he stood next to just a great defensive shortstop, a guy who never made an error on a routine play and he made all the hard plays look easy and that was Francisco Lindor. You know, Med Rosario is n- not nearly the caliber defensive shortstop that Francisco Lindor is. Um, I, don't want, I don't want to say it's rubbing off on Jose Ramirez, but uh, it's, maybe Jose Ramirez just doesn't look like as good of a defensive third baseman standing next to a, a shortstop who's not of the same caliber.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's, that's part of it. Maybe uh, Jose is trying to carry too much of a load with you know that that lineup uh, kind of s- reduced in in power and uh in the in run scoring ability um and you know, Rosario is he, he's just he's he's an interesting case you know a great athlete i mean i i never realized how fast this guy is i mean what you know you he gets a, when he opens it up on the bases i mean mm-hmm. it, i mean he's just like he scored on what he scored from first
0: on, he scored from first on a double by Ramirez last night
1: And it wasn't even close.
0: There wasn't even a throw.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you, you, and you watch him, you know, go, go side to side at shortstop. And he's, you know, he's beautiful to watch. And then he'll just some on a routine play. He just doesn't make it. Or there's a turn that he doesn't make at second base. But, uh, you know, I can see why the Mets liked him so much. I can see why um, there's so many flashes there. And he's hit like, he's hit great. I mean, he uses that
0: the bat needs to be in the lineup. He They yeah. need to have his bat in the lineup right now because there's no punch in that lineup. If, if he's not, he hasn't played in the outfield since, uh, since Jimenez went down, but there's, he's, they have to find a way to make sure he yeah. DH the other day. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they have to keep that bat in the lineup.
1: Yeah. He had what 300, almost 300 in, in, in May. So, mm-hmm. you know, after, you know, everybody struggled in April. So, this is kind of an interesting guy and I'm, I'm anxious to see what if he can just kind of calm down off uh, defensively and, and just make the routine play because he's got enough arm and he's got certainly got enough range to play there.
0: there's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtextcom slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name, to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up?
1: Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here. And I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting, and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans. <laughs> so thanks again
0: Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree there's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet text Hoinsy at 216-208-4346 again that's 216-208-4346 we look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext all right. Well, now we got to get into it and, and talk about the controversy from last night. We alluded to it earlier. Uh, James Karinchak on the Chicago White Sox broadcast. Uh, they focused in on a spot on the inside of his glove, looked like a dark, shiny spot that he kept touching with his his finger and his thumb. And the insinuation there and, it, you know, probably isn't all that far off was that Karinchak was using some sort of uh, foreign substance to uh, you know, increase his grip, uh, increase the spin on his curveball. Uh, sticky substances have been a hot button topic in Major League Baseball. The, uh, the league has been confiscating balls from pitchers, including Trevor Bauer uh, this season. They made it a point to, to say that they were gonna do that to sort of crack down on the use of sticky substances. But for every announcement like that that we've seen, we see, you know, three or four other instances of uh, in St. Louis last week against these White Sox. Uh, the Giovanni Gallegos, the reliever, came in had a had a dark spot on the bill of his cap. Uh, Umpire Joe West told him, "If you want to stay in the game, you got to change your cap." So they changed hats and he stayed in the game. But afterwards, Mike Schilt, the uh, the Cardinals manager, very upset, uh, said, "You know, hey, if you want to crack down on." on rosin and sunscreen uh you know go ahead but there's other things going on in this league that you should be cracking down on first Uh, I don't know if that's uh, a mention of uh, you know uh, steroids or anything like that but uh you know what do you make of this whole thing and, and and does this expose Karen Jack maybe now to some sort of discipline
1: yeah you know that's the thing Joe I think uh you know, from everything I've read and heard, MLB has, you know, obviously made this statement before the start of the season that they were going to check foreign stuff, substances on baseballs. They were going to take, take it much more seriously. They seem to be in a uh, holding pattern right now and kind of an investigation, you know, you know, they're investigating the whole thing before really dropping the hammer on anybody. Uh, but, you know, Karen check, if, if he is, you know, if he is doctoring the baseball, you know, he didn't do a very good job of hiding it. Yes. On, on that film. I mean, it was pretty obvious something was going on there. Now, it, like uh, Steve Stone, uh, the, the White Sox announcer said, it could be a, an idiosyncrasy of his, or he could be loading the baseball up. So, uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure major league baseball knows about this. I think, uh, we had an incident with him when the Yankees were in, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And there was a video of a similar video of what Karen check was doing. So, uh, you know, we talked to Carl Willis today, the pitching coach, he said he's going to talk to, uh, to Karen check to find out what's going on. And it's such a, you know, it's such an interesting subject because, you know, for so long, you know, managers on either side have turned a blind eye to it because if they call out the opposing pitcher, they probably got five guys on their staff that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, quid pro quo kind of deal, you know, or, you know, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours or, or one of those things where if you don't tell, I won't tell. And, but now, you know, I, I think it's going to come to the forefront.
0: It's interesting that La Russa seems to be uh, at the center of, of both of these, his teams. Uh, if it happens to the white Sox, then it's no good, but everybody else can go on and, and, and do whatever they want. Uh, you bring up major league baseball sort of turning a blind eye. You know, it it sort of makes me feel like they turned a blind eye to the steroid issue for so long because, you know, the home runs were up and everybody was loving, loving the game and everything. And it got to be such a big problem that they couldn't manage it without making it a huge deal and, you know, burning a bunch of guys instead of handling it sort of at the beginning and, and, and getting it out of the way that way, It, it became bigger than what they could could handle, you know, sort of discreetly. Uh, that's what's. That's where they're headed with this. It's going to be, uh, it's going to blow up to be something where, you know, everybody's going to be out looking for guys doctoring the balls, looking for specific movements and you know discolored patches on their uniforms and all that kind of stuff. And it's going to he- turn into a huge thing. Uh, when if Major League Baseball had been smart about it. You know, back when Trevor Bauer was trying to tell them in 2018, hey, you know, the Astros have five guys on their staff whose spin rates jumped, you know, astronomically. We need to do something about this. It's a huge deal. Uh, the The league said the league didn't do anything. The league didn't do anything. And Trevor Bauer was made to, to seem like some sort of, you know, kook, you know, poking at the bear and and now everything that he said has come true
1: yeah and uh you know there's there's been rules on on the book joe since you know they grandfathered the spitter back in what 1920 i mean after after all those football guys yeah and uh, but the the rules have always been there but you know you rarely if ever see see him enforced. i mean you know how how much how would how Indians fans love Gaylord Perry went for, for, you know, the three or four years he was here and he admitted he was throwing a spitball. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's been going on since they've play, been playing baseball, but, you know, I think, you know, if you read stories now and you talk to people, I mean, it, there's such an advantage to the pitcher now, you know, these guys, you know, not only are they throwing hundred miles an hour, but they're making a the baseball do on, uh, they're making it move in ways that it's never moved before. And part of that is the ability to get a better grip, to increase your spin rate and, and to use those foreign substances. And it, it's really putting the hitter at disadvantage and it's, and it's hurting the offense in the game. And I think that's why, you know, MLB is going to maybe for the first time, take this really seriously.
0: All right, and You combine that with the fact that MLB and now, you know, they, they deadened the baseball this year. In the first place and and then you got people wondering oh well why is offense down well you're letting the pitchers do whatever they want to the baseballs and, and that's that's why offense is down uh so more to be said from this i'm sure uh when we get a chance to talk to to tito and if we get a chance to talk to james garenjack uh about this it, it'll, it'll be interesting uh to hear what their responses are but as of right now uh i, I think the the evidence the video evidence there was Was pretty damning, pretty overwhelming that uh, that James Karinchak was doing something that he shouldn't be doing, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, if that continues for him. uh, Yeah, and and
1: Joe, the way the White Sox hit him the last two times, if he's doctoring the baseball, if I'm the White Sox, I'd I'd let him keep doctoring the baseball. Going, yeah. Well,
0: and hell, James Karinchak has you know maybe spotty command, you know, on on his own in his own right if I'm facing a 97 mile an hour, James Karen Jack fastball, I might want to make sure he has an idea where that's going. Uh, just, yeah. just, just a thought. So, all right, Onzi, Uh no more baseball today, no baseball tomorrow. What are we going to do <laughs> yeah. with ourselves? This is, this is awful. Uh, it, it's, you're going to be like Brian Shaw when he hasn't pitched in 24 hours. <laughs> back and forth. Uh, but when the next time we talk to you, You'll be in Baltimore getting ready for uh, the uh, series opener against the the Orioles. Should be fun to watch uh, when we'll uh, we'll talk about that again. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll talk tomorrow. I I don't know. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good to talk to you, Paul.
1: All right, Joe. Take care.